This episode is supported by True Earth. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprints. And one way we're doing that is by switching so much of what we were using over to True Earth. We first discovered True Earth laundry detergent like two years ago, and we have not looked back. The detergent comes in pre-measured soluble strips that you simply rip apart and toss in your washer. It is so easy. And the best part, there's no plastic. And since the packaging is so compact, it has also drastically changed the tidiness of the laundry room. You can actually walk in there now and use shelf space. It's amazing. And as a family with kids who have super sensitive skin, we typically opt for the baby detergent. It's fragrance-free, gentle on everyone's skin, and still so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and crispy clean. So check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your order. This promo code will work for either a one-time order, it'll work for a subscription, and it'll work for any of their products. They have household sprays, dishwasher detergent, laundry detergent, so much on their website. Go check it out. Go shopping. You're going to love it. Take my word for it. And again, that is true.earth and this family tree 10. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane, and we are so glad that you could join us for Happy Hour on This Family Tree Podcast, episode 169. And before Shane jumps in, I just want to say this is Shaneyboy69, as your old Instagram name, last podcast as a man in his 30s. Yeah, end of an era. It is. Shane turns 40 this Friday, May 12th, along with Lucy, who will be turning five. And this is a big birthday. Like, I think the big birthdays now come once a, once a decade, right? Just when we hit those big numbers. Yeah. How are you feeling? 65 might be a big birthday too. Is it? It's when you're officially a senior citizen, I think. Like maybe a shopper's drug mart might say you're a a senior citizen when you're in your early 60s. But I think 65 is when a lot of people are like, I'm a senior citizen now. (laughs) I think, get this, I think shoppers kicks in when you're 50 or 55, which is ridiculous. So yeah, I'm almost a senior citizen, but I am the youngest old age you can be. But I, I think my youth is officially over. I like thinking of it as like the youngest old age. Okay, what is, if your youth is almost officially over, what part of your youth do you not think is attainable as an almost 40-year-old man? Um, Definitely. Like I played basketball the other day and it felt like I didn't have a motor. And that was a big part of my game when I was younger was my crazy, relentless Mm -hmm. motor. This could also be just because I hadn't played in so long, but I definitely don't think my advanced age is helping me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe if I was, let's say 25 and I hadn't played in two years, maybe I would feel like very exhausted, but it felt very, very slow. And is there anything about your 40s that you are looking forward to? Like I think about my 30s. And I think about how much, I don't know, how much more at at home with myself I am, I think, than I was in my 20s. And I'm assuming it's just going to get better in my 40s. But like, is there anything that you felt that you're kind of looking forward to or? I don't know. I feel like for some, in some positive ways, life ends at 40 (laughs) in some positive ways. I mean, like, I'm not as dreamy you know, dreaming of something like 
I'm not like, I'm going to make the NBA or feeling like that depression knowing I'm yeah. not. <laughs> As Shane cries himself to sleep later tonight because he's not going to make the NBA. No, everything, yeah, is about <laughs> basketball. But definitely, I don't know, even 40, I'm like starting to think about retirement now and not just like hopes and dreams. Yeah. So but in I mean, a way that, that takes the pressure off. Absolutely. But like, look at you, your first show will be coming out when you're 40. That's yeah, huge. and it's not a lot of people, but some people's careers really got ignited later in life. Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, Samuel L. Jackson, Dennis Franz. Were there any women who that happened to who became like really famous actresses yeah. in their older age? Yes. Jeez, uh, her name escapes me right now, but she's in the movie Magnolia. She has red hair. She's... You know, she's in... Not Julie, Julianne yeah, Moore. Yeah, Julianne Moore. Oh, I love her. She's yeah. great. Yeah, she really took off in her 40s. See? There's hope for us all. Shane's for show, Julianne Moore. We can all still mm -hmm. be dreamers. Is there anything that you are still kind of holding on to dream-wise? No, I don't know. Life is less exciting in your 40s. <laughs> and that might be a good way because excitement and anxiety are very closely linked it's a bit more chill. I'm definitely, it's easier for me to go to bed at 9.30 mm -hmm. than it ever was before. I, f I remember a, um, a dancer, I'll call her, when I was younger. She said I was going to be a very handsome older man. So, and I've, I've never forgotten it. So Wait. now that I'm four, and lately you've been really laying on the like, <laughs> Shane, you're getting handsomer and all this stuff. So I'm like, maybe she's right. Maybe it's clicking in. Maybe my 40s might be my most handsome decade ever. First of all, I love that um, dancers were validating your ageist fears as a younger man. I wasn't having ageist fears. That was the <laughs> odd truth of it all. Like, come on, think of it. If she was really trying to go after my money, she'd say how handsome I was at the moment. Not you're a hideous freak now, but there's hope for you in the future. <laughs> like, is, what long play is this dancer doing? Um, yes, that whole situation, I've got questions, save them for later, but- I even... went to a strip club and a stripper <laughs> told me I was going to be a good looking man. That's the full story. <laughs> Don't overthink these things. Um, but even the facialist today was going on about your skin. What'd she say? To me, she was saying how good, and she was like, I know Shane came in for acne scarring, but I had to- double look on which side it was on because I couldn't tell as much as like before and I thought I was you know kind of losing my mind a little bit and she was just saying how good your skin was looking well the thing they do also so in addition to making my scarring lesser they they make my like face tighter they, the, the stuff they squeeze, like shoot into my face, that blood, they take my blood and then they shoot the blood. Yeah. So what Shane is getting, he's getting micro needling with PRP. That's part of my pronunciation. I do not know how to say this word. Platelet rich plasma or platelet rich plasma. So what they do is they take his blood out. They put it in some tornado machine and it just spins it and spins it until the plasma separates from the blood. And then they shoot the plasma back into his skin with the micro needle. But it makes my like jaw tighter. So I've been noticing my face just looks so much more like defined. And I'm like, oh, this really works, you know? Absolutely. Um, it, no, it, it looks really good. I'm excited mm -hmm. to start my micro needling. That doesn't happen for me until like the fall. Yeah, but, but you hardly need anything. I'm a mess. 
you are, come on. I just, I want it just to do something good for my skin because it's, I, I really haven't ever outside from just having like long skincare regimes. I had a peel today, which felt amazing. Hurt, but felt amazing. It not, didn't hurt. It was like Already tingly. your face isn't red anymore. Yeah, no, it went away really fast. Yeah. Um, but Shane, we have a few big things coming up this weekend. So we've got the birthday party for Lucy. She's doing Super Mario birthday party. We might have between 15 and 40 kids come in here. I, I got to go through numbers because it's getting a little bit out of hand because she just keeps inviting people or talking about it in front of people. And then we have to invite the people that are overhearing because I don't want any kid to feel left out. But then after that party, you and I are going on a big 40th birthday bash to New Orleans. Yeah, for some reason, this New Orleans trip feels like I'm entering like a safe dimension. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to being in that safety zone. What what do you mean safe dimension? I think you need to elaborate. I, I don't know. I life don't has felt precarious lately or something like there's always something to do. But in New Orleans, the kids won't be there. No one can be like, hey, can you do this? My short film needs it or whatever. It's just no one can beckon upon me or call upon me to do anything. I don't know anyone. I'm not going to bump in and have some awkward scenario or mm -hmm. something like i don't know i just look at it as a freeing situation i also my work tends to lighten in the summer months and then it's kind of like unofficially the summery time after this 100%. period and i feel like i'll be crossing into a different threshold somehow this trip represents something freeing to me well the i'd say it represents the entrance into your would you say the beginning of your old age? Yeah, this is the youngest old guy. I'll be the youngest <laughs> old guy now. Basically, when you're 40, you're the youngest old guy. And do you have any goals for when we're in New Orleans? Because I think sometimes it's good to go in a vacation or in a trip with something in mind. Like when we went to Disney with the kids, my goal was to kind of do whatever I could to make it magical for them. Think we achieved that. Broke my back in the process, but think we achieved it. But what about for New Orleans? Like, what do you want to achieve? Is it relaxation? Is it a good time? Is it connection? What is it? I think relaxation and a good time. Mm -hmm. How do I achieve those things? I don't know. But <laughs> I don't think it'll be hard. I feel like New Orleans is one of the easier places to achieve both those things. We have a, we have a pool. So that's good for relaxation. Also, is New Orleans not the big easy? Yeah, it is. I cannot wait. I've thought about this city for a long time, always wanted to go, cannot believe we finally get to go. It's like thrilling. Mm -hmm. Babysitters worked out. We've got four nights away, but basically five full days. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty exciting. Do you have any itinerary plan or? Well, I got us in to two Michelin rated restaurants that are also just like staples of New Orleans. One was really hard to get into. You meant to say staples, right? What did I say? Sounded like you said stables. I could be wrong. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I'm losing it. But yeah, cannot wait to get to those two. I want to have poolside martinis, babe. And I think that's a good way to relax. Just float in that pool at our cool hotel. We got a sweet hotel we're going to stay at, uh, Hotel Monteleone. It's, what is it called? It's a designated literary hotel. And there's only a few in the States. It's like- well, Who's the guy they always say stays at? Hemingway. Yeah, you know, they're always like- <laughs> 
Hemingway stayed here. That every hotel <laughs> claim to fame is that Hemingway stayed there. But the difference between Hotel Monteleone and other ones is that Hemingway, I guess, has written very fav- favorably about this hotel, like in works. Which works? I don't know, but I'm going to find that oh, out. Oh, yeah. When I'm Cuba, it's like Hemingway's <laughs> wrote about this and stayed here. And he likes this coffee. Because <laughs> he's the coolest guy. Yeah, I know. But a lot of people claim Hemingway's been in- to their place. There's nobody else really like that, that everybody's like obsessed, maybe like a JFK type. Mm. But I don't know if there's like a newer person who people are like clamoring over getting the the big thumbs up there's from. There's got to be someone. I can't think of anything. So Shane, I've been thinking a lot about you turning 40. I know a few months ago we had discussions about this, right? And we we're like, you know, we got goals. You've got personal goals that you want to meet for 40, like health goals, things like that. And I mean- we got sidetracked a lot, as you do, because life just throws, you know, hammer after hammer at you. So we've been playing a lot of Mario. I was picturing life being there one is of those that big one turtle hammer guys. suit. Yeah, yeah. It's, I wouldn't say it's the suit that defines the game, but, <laughs> but um, and, you know, so I don't think a lot of those goals necessarily came through a ton, but. Why are you saying that? What? Why are you saying? Well, because in the last month and a half, we've been so derailed from routine, and yeah. a lot of your goals kind of seem to rely on that. Yeah, in a way, I've I've hit my goals in a way. Like what? Like, uh, like physically, like right before we recorded this podcast, I you probably heard some clanging around in the bathroom. <laughs> I pulled out the scale from underneath. Yeah. Because I just wanted to see, and not not that you live and die by the scale, but I was five pounds happier than mm. I thought I was going to be, uh, than I had guessed. And I have been not actively like putting a lot of pressure on myself to eat any differently, but I've very casually been just chilling out uh, the ever so slightest on foods that typically make me feel bad. And uh, I think it worked. And like, you know, in my 20s, I wasn't this in this shape. Yeah. At all times. So I do feel like I'm physically feeling as good as I ever have. Physically fit. Physically fit. You know that song? No. That's you. Uh, anyway, I do want to say also going into your 40th decade your fourth decade sorry mm-hmm. with a clean house i'm deep cleaning the shiz out of this thing to make it feel good for the strangers that will be here on saturday and for you i feel more comfortable if you just said shit <laughs> yeah alex has taken let's not be too impressed with alex she's what? like just let me finish you've taken two weeks off of work well yes impossible otherwise yeah that's all i'm saying <laughs> And at your suggestion. Yeah. I'm just saying cleaning almost requires it to be your full-time job to get things done, especially if you've just for the – since basically when we moved in this house, we've been shoving things in closets and not really organizing. Anytime the house has appeared clean, the root of the house isn't. There's always one room that's just – an abject terror and now we're actually getting to the problem or you are getting to the root problem Mm -hmm. and the hope is we'll be able to maintain this i think we will 
Yeah. I'm, because, I'm setting up yeah, systems. We're going to have systems. We're going to have meetings. We're going to have plans to do like a nightly sweep. Like, oh, what's this? Even our car. I would like to keep our vehicle clean anytime there's a cup in it. Take the cup inside. Let's not let things accumulate. Yeah. And now as a crotchety old man, you're going to be really good at making sure that everybody stays within the systems because you're the oldest person in this house by by six years. Yep. And then by a lot of years when it comes to the kids. So you are the resident old man and I can't wait to see that in action. Yeah, I've been pretty good with you and your account. <laughs> I, I do not think your account would be where it is right now without somebody constantly on your ass. Absolutely not. And I mean, Shane, I think one of the things that made me fall so in love with you was very early in our dating. What, you wrote a letter to a movie theater or something about something that they did wrong. You wrote them a long email about what they did wrong and what it should have been like. And my grandfather, like five years before, you know, right before he died, he was writing letters to the grocery store about the price of broccoli. And there was something very comforting about that. I vaguely remember this. This is weird. I don't know. I don't know what I did, but. See, you're growing into your, uh, you're growing in yourself and I like it. All right. So Shane, for this part of the podcast, we're going to make a call to somebody trusted, somebody we love, to get some advice for turning 40, for growing older. I'm very intrigued by all of this and <laughs> excited. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. All right, let me get the caller on the line. Hold Ooh. on a Wow, tick. this is bringing me back to the old days of the podcast where we used to do about five random phone calls. <laughs> that was chaotic. Yes, that was. All right, is it going to work if I hold it here? Or should uh, no, you hold, hold it there? Okay, I'll I'll hold it here. Okay. Hello. Hello. This <laughs> my mom. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? Oh, good. Yeah. Hey, Trish. So Alex has, <laughs> Alex has set up this segment, and yesterday I didn't really have the energy for it, but today I have the energy to take a phone call. Now, Alex, take it away because I don't know really what we're supposed to ask my mom. So Trish, thank you so much for doing this with us, first of all. I was really excited to get you on the line, and I'm trying to... I'm trying to find ways to, you know, prep Shane for being 40. This is a big deal. And you're older than 40. You're a trusted person in our life. So I want to ask you a few questions. The first being, what do you think is something that we're doing or something that Shane's doing that we're doing right? I want to start off nice and happy and easy. It's something that we're doing right. That you guys are doing right? Yeah. Oh, you... Are great parents, just great parents. You spend time together, plus you spend time apart, giving each other some space at times. I like it, Trish. I like it. Thank you for the uh, great parents. What's your favorite? Actually, I want to ask you, since I got you here, what is your favorite thing about watching Shane be a dad? It warms my heart. To because I when you 
have your own children, you can't envisage that until they Wait, actually... hold the phone. What what was that word? You making up words? Envis- Invis- envisage. Envisage? Is that a word, Alex? It's a word. What is, is it really? Yeah. Envisage? I'm sorry to interrupt, Mom. Invi- That's okay. What does envisage mean? I'm, I'm going to tell you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, um, I guess in my own mind, um, think of you ever as being a father until you actually became one. Is envisage the same as envision? <laughs> It's fairly close. Okay. Yeah, fairly close. Um, But, uh, yeah, he's more more hands-on dad than I ever thought he would be. I never thought he would be so hands-on. Like I said, I never even was thinking about him being a father, but once he became one, He's very hands-on. Oh, big time. Which is beautiful to watch. Oh, it is. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, it's, it's awesome, Trish. And he, what I got to say about Shane is he's one of the most emotional people, and especially men I've ever met. And I think that right. translates really well to parenting. Right. And my baby, who is Shane, is 40, which is... Another unbelievable thing. Yeah. <laughs> when you turned me. 40, mom, was that like a, a cataclysmic age or was it just another one in the books for you? It was just another one in the books for me. People didn't celebrate uh, 40 as much then. None of my friends seemed to anyway. It was well, just another year. What was the biggest B-Day for you? Well, 21 was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, 35 I liked. I loved 35 was a pretty good year. I like that. A very I, good year. Yeah, because I knew what I, I, I had my uh, vocation that I loved and enjoyed. And uh, I was able to provide for my children because of it and also enjoy the vocation at the same time. And in the vocation, I, you were a professional belly dancer, right? Cause for the, <laughs> just so the listeners know. <laughs> and, uh, well, mom, what did what, you do for, I'm joking, of course, but what did you do for a living? Uh, a business manager at a car dealership. Nice. Which I thoroughly enjoyed all my life. And you were a very good salesperson, right? You were low pressure, but high results. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, I just loved, I love seeing people because I, I guess I worked in the neighborhood where uh, a lot of my friends, old friends, old and new friends would pop in and out. And uh, I met customers that I just loved and, you know, just talked and talked and (laughs) it was lovely i just loved it now what is some good advice now that i'm entering i i was saying to alex earlier i feel like i'm entering like this very young old age like i feel like i'm the youngest old person when i'm 40 
when well when I was in my 30s I felt like the oldest young person if that makes sense what is some advice as I enter into this older chapter of my life I would just say embrace it you're not getting old you're still hey 40 is the new 30 it's Remember true. What we always used to say. <laughs> we said that. <laughs> no, we always we always deducted ten years. Remember? Uh, okay. I think that's a great we way say, of looking at things. It's a yeah. positive way of looking at things. <laughs> Twenty is the new so, ten. <laughs> yeah, you've got so much. Uh, life to live yet you're still your body is healthy you're uh fit and able to do still whatever you want and keep it going and keep it as healthy as you can so you're able to carry on as long as you can the way you uh are carrying on now yeah no i think that's good advice because you definitely you don't want to become trapped in your body as you age you want to keep it as fit as possible so then you can have as much mobility as possible because that is a huge fear for me that i i'm going to somehow let myself go in some respects and not be able to be physically fit enough to uh, get back to my old form that's right and if you keep eating properly and keep exercising and just keep up to snuff like with the progress and you know life yeah. And your kids. You grow with your kids and uh, talk to them and you'll stay young. Trish, what's what's one thing that you've enjoyed about getting older? Watching my kids become adults and uh, thriving. You know, everybody's different and uh, Shane is different from his sister and I, I'm proud of both of them, both avenues. But um, I would say that is, oh, the the memories, the memories, of course, yeah. too. Um, I, I watch you guys with the kids and I get teary-eyed about <laughs> mine, but n- not for long because I know it was, you know, all good things. They grow and uh, turn into uh, you guys and grandkids and those grandchildren are just as great as the time spent with my kids Aww. when they were younger. Aww. Well, they definitely love it. And I feel bad because the, the last time we were over there, Luce was being a bit of a brat because she wasn't feeling good, but she loves grandma's house and they definitely get such a warm feeling whenever they go there and it's so special for them. Yeah, I felt bad too, but you know, it happens. Yeah. What are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, she's going to be five. Oh my goodness. It's wild. It's wild. Hey, is Brad there? Oh, he's here, yeah. All right. I want, before we before we let you go, I want one piece of advice from Brad about getting older. This is my stepdad for people who don't know who Brad is. Just advice. Just learning how to respect everyone in their own individual way, I guess. I don't know. Brad, everybody in the world needs that advice right now. I think that's golden. Because that's all everybody really wants is some 
respect in their own way of how they are. Yeah. Right? You want to be treated with respect, period. <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. But like, you know. No, I think I think that's awesome advice. And everybody needs it. But Brad, Trish, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out to take our call and be on our podcast. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. We we we're waiting anxiously. <laughs> Thanks so much. You both, I guess we're going to finish the the podcast, but uh, thank you so much. We love you. Okay. Love you guys. Love you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. What do you think of the advice, Shane? Oh, it was good. No, I, I, I do love hearing my mom, uh, you know, like, like every mom, you got to you got to call them. You're really good at calling your mom. And I, I, I need to talk to my mom more on the phone. So this was a good excuse to do that. Yeah. The best thing, I think the best way to get in the habit is just to do numerous little calls, like numerous 30-second calls. Like, hey, just wanted to say good morning. Okay, see ya. And then hang up. Yeah. My mom doesn't like that. My mom <laughs> is a marathon talker. Mm. You can, she gets exhausted with those little calls. So yeah. I, each mom's different. I know mine. And what I usually try to do is do the call when I'm on an, a walk, if I'm walking for about an hour, because every call with my mom goes on for about an hour. That's smart. See, I do all my calls when I'm driving and I love mm. it because then it gives me something to do. It, I have the time. I'm not doing anything else. But Shane, my father right now, he was going to be one of our callers tonight, although he's out for dinner with my brother and my brother's new lady mm. but he wrote in i asked him the question so the first thing i said is what one thing are we doing right similar to what i asked my mom and he said number one i love the way that you guys work together you're a great team and you have so much respect for each other very admirable and then i said what is one thing that maybe we could be doing better and he said well, you have employees with your podcasts and social media, but I think that you should also have an employee to help you with cleaning and organizing the house. And I just don't think that would work. See, I think that once everything is organized, you get somebody in like once a month or twice a month to do the deep clean and to do the dusting and the floors uh, and everything. Deep clean, like I'm not saying that's not a problem in our house, but because it is. Our house is just so disorganized it transcends cleaning i wish our problem was just dust bunnies mm. it's just so bad that it's uh yeah like and dust for some reason doesn't bother me as much as just crazy disorganization which i think our house is see when if we ever like get super rich then that's when we just have somebody over here for like two hours a day and they know where everything goes and they know oh. the systems and they just do it when we're at work. Being around people though, who I don't know and I'm not comfortable with that, I'd pay someone to just get them out of here. <laughs> what if it happened when you were at work? Yeah, that, that wouldn't be bad, I guess. Like for the three days you were gone at work, somebody's just puttering around fixing things. Okay, yeah, let's do that. All right, so Shane, we're going to move on to the question, the mailbag segment of the podcast. But before we do that, let's tell listeners who we're supported by. We are supported by Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. They believe in quality over quantity and they make the best basics for your littles. Fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfy, timeless and can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. 
Plus, they also recently came out with a women's collection. This is something that I had been waiting so patiently for. It's the M and West collection. Everything is that simple, super soft, super comfortable that you were jealous of your kids for having. It's made of French terry and it's obviously ethically and sustainably produced. You can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. They're available in Canada and in the US, and it is one use per customer, so load up your cart. Again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. We are also supported by the Miku Pro Smart Baby Monitor. This is the most accurate sleeping breathing monitor that I have come across. I've used a lot. I've sampled a lot. It remains the tried and true. It remains my favorite by a long shot. One of the things I like most about this monitor is that no physical contact is made with your baby because they use sensor fusion technology. This is like a military grade technology that prevents you from having to, you know, put a band around your kid, have them wear a sock like other smart monitors. And it works with your phone to alert you of changes to your baby's vitals and nursery conditions. Plus, and this is a huge one, it uses crypto security. That means that it can't be hacked because do not lie to me. We have all heard those terrifying stories of hackers getting in through the baby monitor, but that cannot happen with the Miku Pro, which is, you know, such good peace of mind. Plus the monitor offers HD video and photo, great night vision, and there are custom dual Ole Wolf speakers and a two-way microphone. So Miku not only plays original sleep sounds and lullabies, but it allows you to talk to and comfort your baby. You can check this out at mikucare.com. And if you use the promo code FAMILYTREE10, you're getting 10% off. This is available in the U.S. only. And again, that is mikucare.com and FAMILYTREE10. And now, let's get to the mailbag segment. Now, this mailbag segment is where Alex receives message from you, the listener, or at least people who follow her on Instagram. Maybe people submit questions and they never listen. But the hope is <laughs> we're answering questions that people actually want to hear the answer to. <laughs> All right. So we had a few questions that were very similar just because of the events of last week. So the first question is, can you describe Lucy's seizure? I want to be aware in case I ever witness one. So if you didn't know, last week, Lucy had her first febrile seizure. That means like a febrile seizure is a seizure brought on by a fever, a high temperature. So what was shocking to me is that it, Lucy didn't even have high temperature. And she has many times in the past. And anytime her temperature shoots up above 100 and she's gotten to 104, 105 before, I'm on high alert for things like seizure, right? You're terrified. That's the one thing you think of. But she wasn't even at 100. She was like 99.6. So she came home from school. She told her teacher that her brain was feeling weird. And she was laying on the couch. I was doing some cleaning and everything. And then she kind of called out to me. So I went and I laid with her on the couch. And we're just laying there for a few minutes. And then she kind of jerked her head back. Her eyes rolled back. Her face contorted like there was spasming. Her arms kind of came up. And she just started shaking super violently. And that lasted for about 45 seconds. I put her on her side. I mean, within the first, you know, five seconds when I realized what was going on. But it, it took me because I was totally stunned. So I put her on her side. And that part was very scary because she was starting to not be able to breathe. She wasn't getting any air. Her lips went totally blue. 
her skin went like gray white. And even though I was like, okay, she's having a seizure. This is, this happens. This is kind of common. She's going to be okay. I couldn't help think she's dying in my arms right now. Shane's going to, yeah, I'm going to have to call him and tell him that she died. What am I going to do? Like, this is the end of my life. I, this is awful. And all these thoughts were just going through my head so fast and it was really hard. You thought seizures were kind of common when she was having one? Well, I, I knew that febrile seizures were a thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I only knew because I used to get them when I was young. So I, I know some seizure facts, but not a ton. So I put her on her side and, you know, that was helpful. Um, she had this like foam coming out of her mouth. So when she was on her side, the foam and maybe some vomit was like kind of pouring out. But she was stopped seizing. Like she stopped shaking at that point, but she was locked. She was like laying there and her everything was clenched. And it was like she was totally unconscious or not coherent, but her eyes were open. And it was so scary. And she had really labored breathing. And that phase went on for like three minutes, more than three minutes. And it was really scary. Um, the 911 dispatcher was amazing really chilled me out the paramedics got here they knew what to do it was like everything was so fast and so amazing um but it, it was it was hands down the scariest thing i've ever witnessed and i've been shaken since but yeah it that was it and after the seizure lucy was you know she was aware she was like my brain feels smushy my brain feels weird and she called it she knew she was something was gonna happen you know well, what the scary part is, even afterwards, she's been having trouble walking. Mm -hmm. uh, she, I don't know if this is related to the seizure or if she's just having been having growing pains. Another thing that I didn't really know was a real thing was growing pains. So maybe her legs are growing too fast or something, but just for some reason after she had the seizure, she it hurts her to walk or it's like she's forgetting how to walk properly and and i haven't seen this but you said she's moving her hand yeah like her her fist she's opening and closing it so that is worrying yeah 100 percent it is and so with the leg thing it's like her leg will kind of lock up like she'll like jam it and she won't bend the knee and she'll do this weird walk and it's, it's like not, a shuffle. Yeah. And it's not even for attention. Like she'll come down in the morning and walk over to me like that. Not even really aware that she's doing it. And she'll be like, oh, I want some breakfast and not even bring attention to it. And you know, kids, you know what I mean? Like they'll do something for attention, but she's not even really noticing it sometimes. So it's really freaky. The next question is related to that. And it's for you, Shane. It says, Shane, what did you do slash what was your reaction? Well, I was in the middle of doing something that was kind of fun. I was buying uh, clothing for a silly photo shoot I was doing for my sketch show. So I had my pants hiked up past my belly button like <laughs> Urkel. And I was wearing a silly shirt. And I was doing a little dance for my friend, making him laugh as he took photos of me. And then Alex had called me. But since we had just talked on the phone, it just felt like something is wrong with Lucy. And the reason I, I say that is because a day earlier, or maybe two days prior, I had 103 temperature. And I had even said on the last podcast, it felt like I was going to have a seizure, which is not something I say every time I'm sick or have a headache. It was the worst fever I'd probably ever had in my life in memory. 
And then I knew Lucy had caught my flu or my bug, whatever I had. And I was like, geez, a four-year-old having this, I know Lucy's probably feeling very, very sick. And when you called me so close together, I just had this morbid thought. And I just said in my mind, Lucy's dead. This is going to, she, she, I, Alex is going to call me very concerned. And you, you were crying when you called me and my heart just dropped. And I just assumed the very worst that she, she died. And you said, get over here. We're getting, I called an ambulance. Lucy's having seizures. And then I ran out of the, the place and just started heading home. Yeah. No, it was so scary. It was a relief to get you on the phone because I had just been dealing with the paramedics and like I called you once the paramedics got here and we were going to the hospital. But I was thinking after all this happened, I was like, it's like, I feel cursed because every time something really bad happens in that regard, you're away. And then I have to give you these panicked phone calls like Mm -hmm. miscarriage. You had like one night out. You hadn't been out in like six months. You had one night out on that night. I call you crying because I was miscarrying and I was like, I don't know what to do. It was crazy. There was something else too, kind of recently. I don't know. I think you got a speeding ticket or something. Something (laughs) that one you were just crying because. (laughs) No, but COVID, like the kids got COVID. You were, it's just everything. But um, it's so weird how that works out. But you're always, what I really love is that you're always so quick to get back and to prioritize. You know what I mean? So even if you're in like a different city, you always get back so fast. And it's uh, it's such a relief. And it's always good to know. Lucy's had a seizure. Hey, let me finish this beer first. <laughs> no. Okay. So the next question is related to that, but we kind of answered it. It says, has everything been back to normal since? And I mean, for the most part, she's still not feeling 100%. And then there's the two weird things, like with her hands and then with her feet or with her legs. So... I've been documenting a little bit. I've taken pictures, taken videos to show the pediatrician. And uh, I'm just, I'm going to get her in with the pediatrician in case we need to do more tests or something. But the next question, what has been each of your own personal biggest health scares? Have you had any like major health scare? Um, I'm always just kind of sick, but maybe, I don't know. Uh, nothing that I can really think of breaking my ankle. Oh, See, that sucks because that stuff stays with you forever. Like my ankle, the one that I used to break in basketball, I've broken it several times and it's still always kind of weird, you know? Yeah, and then I just always feel kind of sick. See, I broke, I think I broke my tailbone or like, um, what do you call it? Spl- splinter, like a little break? Fracture. Fracture. I think I fractured it when I was in university, walking on ice, going to a bar in stilettos, slipped on the ice and fell right on my tailbone. Yeah, that's happened to me. It's the worst. And you can't walk for two weeks. But even now, so that was about 15 years ago. And I still can't do certain like yoga poses and things like that. Like the pain is just too unbearable. So I think that And happened. you have lupus. Yes, yes, that obviously was very scary. Yeah, seizures as a, as a kid. Uh, next question. What kind of party are you guys doing for Lucy's big day? So it is this Friday, Shane and Lucy's combined B-Day because they're born on the same day, May 12th. And Lucy decided she wanted a Super Mario party. And I got to say, I was surprised initially because she's so like princessy. 
But she is so gung-ho about Mario. Super princesses are a big part of Super Mario. Yeah. So she's being a princess, Princess Rosalina, which isn't your typical princess because most people think, oh, Princess Peach. But she somehow got really into this princess who wears, I guess, like, is it a teal dress? Yeah, it's like teal off the shoulder. And there's this star character that's like her servant. And we have the star stuffed animal, which is really cool because it glows. And I had never really known this character from playing the game. But in the movie, this character is more prominent. And it's kind of like a comedic relief in the Mm -hmm. film. And it like the character is actually a little inappropriate with like morbid thoughts of death and like has suicidal tendencies. So I was like, this is a weird character for kids, but it kind of works, I guess. Uh, anyway, Lucy is totally gravitated towards Princess Rosalina and this. What's the star's name? Luma. Luma. Well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. No, but it's it's really funny. But she's stoked and. We decided to make it a fiber party. So what that is, like on the invite I put, no gifts necessary, but if you want to contribute, you know, to something, bring something, you could bring a $5 bill. So that way it's keeping the cost low if somebody does want to bring something. And I had this idea when I was cleaning out the playroom and cleaning out the house because there's just so much stuff everywhere, right? And kids, they'll play with something and they get bored of it. Maybe they find it again a few months later. But I was like, this way Lucy can take the $5 bills and go and buy something awesome that she really wants from Toys R Us and she can have her own little shopping spree. I wonder if all the parents will adhere to this rule because there's always a couple that come with gifts in hand. I know. I know, I'm curious. But I, I think our group of friends will. And uh, the school friends, I really don't know much about those people. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, next question. Are either of you scared of aging? I think I'm scared of dying, not of aging. And dying's a part of aging, so it's all kind of complicated. I'm not scared. I'm more, um, I'm more apathetic. I find like, mm-hmm. which is maybe worse than a, a strong <laughs> feeling. I just feel like I've done all the important things in life, and I'm just like, oh, I wonder what's the exciting challenge. I guess once you get past forty, I I think about that. No. I, I think a good exciting challenge is learning how to relax and enjoy the fruits of like what you've been working hard towards and finding ways that you can like just really take life in. Because yeah. that's hard. That's hard to do to sit back and relax and learn how to enjoy things and learn how, you know well, what I mean? Well, that's the thing because there is a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned this in our last podcast too that sometimes the the all the events can be overwhelming and i was kidding by the way because i i mentioned <laughs> a part like oh I, I hate mother's day and i hate all these birthdays like i love celebrating our family and being with family and you know once when you don't have those moments you're kind of you miss them but i was just meaning in conjunction with everything else in life it does become a lot when you you can't have a day to like do the laundry or organize your house a little it feels like that's hard to even have a air quote relaxing day to clean your house those for us seem the fewest and farthest between um but yeah man that's what i'm worried about like i almost squandered my days that i could be relaxing when i was younger because of those times you're putting your body through so much uh, partying and stress through recovering from drinking and all that stuff. You know what I mean? It is really, the relaxation is really wasted on the young because you are 
doing so many stressful things with your body. Yeah. No. Putting it through so much, like bad food and stuff like that. Yeah, well, yeah, I lived off of McDonald's snack wraps and $1 beers at Jack's in London when I was at Western. Oh, yeah. You're always in some state of recovery from yeah. being 20 to 32. Oh, it was an awful time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad I met you when I was 20, 26. It was good. That, that was the wind down phase for me. That took a few years still, but it, it was the wind down phase. Yeah, but see, it's now it's what's exhausting me because we hardly drink at all. It's the um, having that social battery. Mm -hmm. And you often, you have to put yourself in awkward situations when you have kids because you, you're always taking them to soccer practice or picking them up and you're having some weird interaction. And that exhausts me probably more than the average parent. Yeah. So that that is something that I definitely don't look forward to about this age. Okay, I just thought of something else that makes me scared about aging. I watched The Notebook recently, like two weeks ago. And when the old lady's got dementia and she can't remember her kids, doesn't know them, doesn't remember her husband, everything, that is terrifying to me. That is so utterly terrifying, having dementia. Yes, that might agreed. scare me the most. Agreed. Uh, final question. Would you guys ever get into biohacking? So do you know what biohacking is? I do not. So it's like when people do things to try to extend their life. And it's really funny because oh. I had this question all weekend, but we watched, we're catching up on Succession. And this was like kind of in the last Succession episode we watched. They were introducing this concept, but it's so, it's like, I think, you know, people getting chips in their brains is maybe a future thing or like putting things in their bodies to extend the life of them. But it can even be done in, more chill, well, inexpensive ways. And a guy I actually know is doing this. He has some crazy device that he, he like straps it all over his body, like his arms, his torso, his legs. This, he's very rich, so I think it's probably a lot of money. And then you do a workout. So if you do like a 20-minute workout, instead of burning 300 calories, you burn 900 because it like sends stuff through your body? I don't know. But he thinks it's going to make him live longer. And I don't know about that. Well, I feel like I know a lot about biohacking right now. <laughs> Would you ever do something if somebody was like, this is going to make you so muscular, but you don't have to do much? Oh, so now it's just making me muscular. Um, I think that's a part of it, though. Maybe. I don't know. Sometimes I just get so bored, I feel like I'll try anything. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I'm like, I find them less, I don't know, interested in that stuff. See, if they had a, I wouldn't want to do that kind of stuff. But if they had like, what what movie is it? Limitless? If they had one of those smart pills, but with no bad side effects. I get, it's, it. it's hard to tell though in the beginning. It's like that's the, the whole effects? argument with the vaccine, right? People yeah. are like, oh, in you know, a certain amount of time, anything could happen. Which is kind of scary with anything, anytime mm -hmm. it's, but if, if there was a hundred years of science behind something and there was no side effects, yeah, I'd like a smart brain pill. I feel like I have a lot of trouble <laughs> thinking or putting a few thoughts together. And with that, you know, both of us were down for smart pills if they're scientifically safe. But folks, big happy B-Day to Shane, to Lucy. Thank you so much for writing in and for listening. And if you could do this birthday present for Shane for his 40th, it's a big one. Go rate our podcast, give us a review. We would totally love it. 
And thank you guys so much for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast, episode 169.